This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. Just great. Okay, me too. And we're excited every Saturday to be talking to you at 1 o'clock here on WPHT. I got a few phone calls this week with some questions. If you awesome. want to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And you can listen to this show and other shows at our website. That's what the one guy called us about. Was What was the website? It's goodnewsinrealestate.com. And also at WPHT's website also. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Got one for you. And Dr. A is on vacation this week, so we do not have business tips with asking Dr. A, but we'll be back next week. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is? Student debt sidelines some buyers. Hmm. Interesting. And Mark, we have a couple questions, of course. Um, first question is, how are millennials changing the home buying process? That's a good one. The next question is, how to keep emotions out of selling a home? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to mute that section. The next question is, how do I bid to win in a tight housing market? That's a good one. And the, the next question is, how to improve cell phone reception in a home? Yeah, that was an interesting one. You got an answer for that? I do. All right, we're ready. Mark, our live, top... What? Because I live in a convent, and I don't get phone reception too good. So you just kind of pray for good reception? Well, there's certain rooms that I actually did some research on this that I'm going to do. Okay. And we also have our topic of the day, which is, this is the room that makes or breaks a home sale. And we can probably guess what room, but... <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm sure you'll let us know. But first, give us your motivational quote. And I need some motivation. And the motivational quote is, Thoughts lead on to purpose. Purpose leads on to actions. Actions form habits. Habits decide character. And character fixes our destiny. Amen. 
No doubt about it. Yeah, so that where, was a where good are we one. At? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. And actually, I've seen a little increase in inventory in our Philly market. We went from like 3,000 up to 4,200 homes. That is 676,000. <laughs> Hopefully, that number is going to start getting higher sooner. But some house hunters have decided to put their search on hold, at least for now. The pandemic and all the competitive, intimidating marketing and leading reasons on a survey of 850 consumers, uh, nearly four in 10 Americans are looking to purchase a home in the next year, said they have halted their search, according to this survey. That's a pretty small survey, though, 850 consumers. But the five most common reasons for putting their home search on hold were, according to this open door survey, uncertainty with the COVID-19, 39%, which that does not surprise me at all because every week the story changes. Changes, right. Now I heard, I read a a report the other day that some Chinese doctor came out and said he called the president's office and a senator in October of 2019 and nobody paid attention. That's way before they stopped the flights. I think Trump didn't stop the flights into America until in January. Mm. So everybody took this too lightly. Plus, first of all, the one thing about this thing was, this is a military weapon. Why did they even do this? That's what I don't get. The second reason is the market is intimidating, 35%. The next one is there aren't enough homes on the market, 24% of the survey said. I have to decide where I want to live after I sell my home is 24%. I've already lost that on a few homes because of the competitive market, 22%. I'm surprised that number's not higher. I thought that number would be higher, too. But the yeah. highest number is the market is intimidating, and that's lack of knowledge. You and know, whose thoughts that? The agents. I blame it on the agents. I hate to pick on the real estate agents, but I guarantee you if every real estate agent in our market from the Poconos to the shore would call five of their database every day and tell them what an opportunity it is to sell now, there'd be a lot more listings on the market. But they'd rather send me a calendar or a postcard (laughs) than pick up that phone and have a 32-minute conversation with me and remember my name. You know? I don't get it. I've been fighting that battle since, I don't know, 2003. I know. I was going to say, it feels like a broken record. <laughs> I know. I know. It just never ends. And then after that, the vacation home market has boomed over the past year and is not likely to slow down anytime soon. Even as the rest of the housing market starts to cool, Lawrence Wan, uh, the chief exo- uh, economist for National Association of Realtors, even as companies are bringing, which all the stuff that we've been talking about with Dr. A, bringing employees back to the vacation homes, you know, people coming back to the workplace, and it's like 38%. You know, there was a big percentage prior to the virus that worked from home that, you know, we never talked about. And I sent Dr. Doctor a real big report on that with productivity, but he's on vacation this week. But there was a, there was like... 20-some percent of the population prior to the virus that already worked from home. So once the virus hit and everybody started working from home remotely, that's why the vacation home sales remain in demand. Because, you know, you might as well be looking at the beach rather than looking at some neighborhood in Philly if you can work remotely. 
overall home sales are showing some signs of cooling many first-time buyers are getting priced out of market he said because the median existing home price is up to three hundred and fifty nine nine hundred thousand three fifty nine nine that's an 18 <laughs> that's an 18 percent increase from a year ago 18 percent isn't that your one of your songs? Oh, that's ten fifty nine. Yeah, yeah Sorry. that's ten fifty nine fifty nine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no music after eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly eighteen percent from a year ago. Mortgage rates are likely to increase, which he's saying. He's saying by the end of twenty two, we might be at three point five percent. That's that's what he's predicting. But who knows? But vacation homes will remain a hot commodity. Rental prices for vacation homes will continue to rise. So one near certain aspect of post-pandemic economy when it comes is this flexible work schedule. So it's hard to envision a five-day-a-week in the office thing happening right away. Therefore, vacation homes will continue to move higher this year, next year, and the foreseeable future. Because if you buy one at the shore and you rent it out, most of the summer and you work down there all winter it's paying for itself anyway right absolutely and you know the great thing about getting a second home is you only have to put 10 percent down so it's not like an investment property where you might need 20 percent. you can get into a second home with with 10 down and still get a great rate and tell me tell us about the rates they are still great 30-year fix 2.875 your 15-year rate mark is 2.875 2.375 your fha is 2.875 so once again it's not too late to refi if you're at three and a half or above you got to reach out and give me a call 609-605-7153 takes a couple minutes it's painless we'll do a total cost analysis we'll let you know what your savings are and make sure it's a win-win yeah i told a few people to give you a call they asked me for your number. I don't know if they called you or not. But anyway, they're great rates. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So are we at the end? Mark, we are up to your funny story. So I got one for you. Somebody sent me this one. So this realtor was sick and tired of going to work every day, running around showing houses while his wife just stayed at home. So every night when he came home, she'd be doing nothing but complaining. So he decided it would be a good idea for her to see what he went through and how tough sales was. So that night he prayed to God. He goes, I want my wife to know what I go through at work every day. So please swap our bodies for a day. So God in his infinite power grant the salesman his wish. Next morning, sure enough, the salesman woke up as his wife got out of bed, made breakfast for his partner, woke up the kids, sat out their clothes, fed them breakfast, packed their lunch, drove them to school, came home. Picked up the dry cleaning, took it to the dry cleaners, stopped at the bank to take out some cash to pay some bills, went shopping for grocery, came home, put them away. By then, it was a little after one. He quickly then made the beds, did the laundry, vacuumed, dusted, swept, mopped the floors, 
drove to the school, picked up the kids, got into an argument with them in the car on the way home, made a batch of cookies, helped the kids do their homework, then set up the ironing board, watched TV while he did the ironing. At 5, he began getting dinner ready, prepared the vegetables, started the roast, whipped up the dessert. After dinner, he cleaned the kitchen, filled the dishwasher, folded the laundry, bathed the kids, put them to bed. At 9 p.m., he was completely exhausted. And though he could finally put his feet up and rest yet, he went to bed. He was unexpected. He thought he was going to have... He was woken up and expectedly had wild, passionate sex, which he managed to get through without a complaint. Next morning, he awoke immediately and managed to get through the complaint. He awoke. He knelt next to the bed. He said, Almighty God, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I was so wrong to think that my wife had it easier than me at staying home all day. Please, please, let us swap back. And God, in his infinite wisdom, replied, Son, I feel we learned a valuable lesson, and I will be happy to change things back to where they were. But you will have to wait at least another nine months because you got pregnant last night. <laughs> Sales might be tough, but be careful what you ask for. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so good. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic today is student debt sidelines buyers. So tell me about this. So, Mark, this is always, 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 always an issue. And it could... You know, it goes a couple different ways. When you purchase a home and you're going to use a loan through FHA, which is the Federal Housing Administration, we need to make sure that the student debt is paid. And by doing so, we run it through a system through the government called CAVERS. So if the student loans are in default or they're late on the student loans and it doesn't pass CAVERS, unfortunately, with an FHA loan, the buyers are not going to be able to purchase. Right. If we're going to go conventional, it's not a, um, a loan through the Federal Housing Administration, so they're not really concerned about it. So not only through CAVERS, but also depending on what the payment is on the student loans causes an issue. So basically, student debt has long been blamed for preventing many home sales from actually taking place. And half of potential buyers surveyed this year said they hadn't bought yet because of student debt. And that was a report that was done by NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors. Very unbiased group. Right, exactly. Millennials are most likely to point to student debt for delaying their home ownership as well. I hear it all the time in my real estate classes how much debt these guys, students got. And then what'd you major in? Uh, uh, Psychology. American, <laughs> lit- American literature. And, right. what kind of, and what job were you going to get? Yeah. Right. Um, but the housing affordability is worsening, and it's leaving future home buyers with student debt at a severe disadvantage, which is true. Now, one of the things that they did do um, recently, which we talked about on the show, was that they were able to... Generally, we count 1% for student debt, and they changed it to 0.50%. So whatever whatever the um, student um, debt amount is, if there's not a payment, they would count 1% of it. What happens now is they're only counting a half a percent. Right. 
But the student debt, it can affect the eligibility for a market. It can blow the debt-to-income ratio right out of the water. And yeah. a borrower's payment history on student debts can also drastically affect their credit score. So any default on student loans will make it more def- difficult to get approved for a mortgage. And a lot of them, a lot of millennials have it. A lot of them got talked into going to college rather than being a carpenter and make a hundred grand a year. Right. But they got talked into going to college, and a lot of them picked majors that you know they thought they were going to sit at a, cu- a computer and make a hundred and twenty a year, and uh, now they're taking real estate courses. Right, but you know, there those with student debt loans are finding ways to buy. For example, they can apply for a mortgage with a cosigner, right. such as a family member um, or a friend, to help improve their credit status. So, you know, they can have a non-occupying co-borrower go on the loan, and that will lower their debt-to-income ratio. And I bet you a lot of them don't know that. I'm working on it. I know, but I I, I, I know the ones that come through the school. They just think they can't buy until they pay that loan off. Right. Yep. All right. So staying current on the student loan payment is absolutely crucial. So borrowers should avoid deferments or forbearance when they're leading up to home ownership because it's just going to give them a much bigger payment. Um, The current option, you can pause payments without occurring interest. And the U.S. Department of Education started offering this option to borrowers at the beginning of the pandemic, but it's going to end in January. And the eligible federal student debts are reported as current to to all three national credit reporting agencies. So there's not going to be an impact on applying for loans. But again, that's going to end in January. So as now we're moving into October, they're going to have to show that those student debts are deferred for at least three payments and that's not going to happen the most i ever ran into i had one student in one of my real estate classes she had three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in student debt that's insane now take one percent of that i wonder what the average debt is nationwide student debt i'm sure we could google that but that's definitely something that we need to look into because that would be good that would have been good for this segment yeah i know but the student loan again, you know, you have to. If you don't ask, the answers no, and and they need to know exactly what's out there, so everyone knows what their options are, and especially if they're if the cavers, I, if you're disabled, the student debt is forgiven. So okay. I had a gentleman um, that was actually deaf, and they reported him late in the into cavers. The student loan, the student debt was showing up as in default. And we had to get on the phone, make a phone call through Cavers, um, and let them know exactly what was going on. And it took a minute; it took ten minutes, and then the guy was able to purchase a home. So it was crazy. Three hundred and fifty grand. I think I could whack off a few fingers on the right hand because I, <laughs> I hold I hold a pick with my right hand. So the fingers are on the left. I could hold a pick with. Like, so you're good. I could probably cut three off and get out of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Drastic. Oh my God! How about if you just pay rent for a little bit longer? Yeah, I think I just paid that. Paid the damn thing off. Talk to my accountant. Yeah, Mark. Coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right, all right. That was a good. That was a good piece, especially about uh, get somebody else to go on. A lot of them probably never. Yeah, they probably never think about that. 
So with that, you're listening to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. And we all we are still looking for two more sponsors, Deanne, so we, need, we want a couple more sponsors for our show. Okay. I'd like to get a car dealership because uh, I'm really curious what's going on with the car dealer industry because I got a call from my guy. He said, your truck's built. It's all ready to go. This is going on three months. They're just waiting for a chip. That's crazy. They got to start making these chips here, man. I mean, we can't depend on like uh, getting a, uh, a delivery you know, on Amazon from Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there's like 250,000 F-150 sitting somewhere out in the middle of the country with no chips. That's crazy. Uh, what's the first question? All right, Mark. The first question is, how are millennials changing the home buying process? Well, they're the biggest group. I think there's 91 million of them. So they're all finally getting at that age where they're looking to buy. Uh, they have different tastes. They're, they're, they're not... The looking for the 4,000 square foot McMansion that was real popular with uh, like 10 years ago. They're the size of the home smaller. They want it very high tech. They want, you know, USBs everywhere. They want, they want it and, and they want everything new. They don't want to be doing repairs. They want, and they want it practical. Like, they probably want that extra little room for the office. They're very particular about things like that. And they're, they also like things that have to do with community. Uh, a lot of them move to the big cities because that's where the action's at. Uh, so they like That they could a, walk. They would be yeah. able to walk somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Not that either one of us would, would know because we're so far away from... Being a millennial. Well, you're but, much further away than I am, but. <laughs> yeah, nice shot. Nice try. <laughs> but I deal with millennials every day. I mean, that's what most of my school sure. is. It's mostly millennials. And then there's some baby boomers that are changing careers. And I get a mix, but probably 60 to 70% of my students are millennials. Either looking for a different career, uh, whatever. But they have a little different taste. They like. They like the community involvement, and they like the way they're a little more simplistic the way with the setups of their houses, but they don't want fixer-uppers most of the time, They want, and they want the high-tech. Yeah, and you know, Mark, they also, when you say high-tech, they want everything emailed them emailed to them they don't want to meet in person to do the application um they want you know everything to just be streamlined with their application they'll go online they'll sign it you know everything that they do in on the back is high tech like you ask them for bank statements pay sub it's coming in little folders everything's all labeled i love it yeah the, the only thing the one thing about them though that i notice because i ask in every class why they came to my school so I get a good feel for it. And I asked them, how many did I actually talk to? 
and usually it's around 60 to 70 percent they'll google real estate schools and i pop right up and i have a ton of good reviews so they look at that and they said i called you because i saw your number and you have lots of reviews and then they just call i said did you look at the website majority of them say no some of them got the website in front of them when they're calling me right and but that's usually how they go then there's a percentage that fill out a form don't call me and just and i send them back this email about the live streaming classes and the in-person classes and then i when i go into each class i asked how why did you come to this school and then i i get that feedback but most of them it's just like when they're buying a house they'll do all that stuff online but in the end they want to talk to somebody to get the detail and that's why they hire real estate agents right you know they like there's these you see these new companies online uh just so you do everything with that they'll they'll do everything for you but right. in the end they want that personal touch because you know what they fear they fear making a mistake because they were through bad economies and they don't want to make a mistake we could that's a whole topic we could spend an hour on that one what's the next <laughs> what, what's the next one all right the next question is how to keep emotions out of selling you know, it's tough because, you know, if you're attached, if you're a high S or high C, the way doctor talks about the DIS, the D-I-S-C, high S's and high C's, you know, they get it, they're emotional. They're all about relationships. They get a little more emotional. Like me and you are high D's and high I's. I mean, I don't get that attached to material things. So to me, it's like if I had to sell the, sell the convent, it'd be like big deal, you know. <laughs> like I, I would miss it a little bit, but it would be like when I get get a new truck. I, you know, it's like yeah, that was a nice truck, but it's over. <laughs> <laughs> but like high S's and high C's, you know, they like, you know, how to keep it out of emotion. You got to coach them. Like they should hire a good agent. I had one call me this week. I said you need a really good real estate agent, and I, I referred him to somebody. And I said because. You know, you you don't want the pictures of your family and making it look all real homey because you're trying to sell this house to somebody else that has to visualize it as theirs. So doing things like that will help try to keep emotion out of it. But some of them are going to be emotional. Some of them are going to cry at the table as they hand over the keys. You know, my my when I bought the convent off of uh, the the sellers, they were very emotional. They had a going away party, and they actually invited me and Terry to the going the going away party, and they introduced us to all the neighbors, and everybody in the neighborhood knew them because they had uh, their names were Havilands, and there was seven girls and one boy. So that's got, a great idea. And they invited everybody. They invited me and Terry, to, and then they left a real long letter for us when we got there, and how much fun they had in this house, and it, you know it was very emotional for them. So it's hard to keep all of emotion out, but getting rid of all the uh, personal stuff will help. Definitely. Right. We're going slow. What's the next one? Or that you could just be like me and not sell. Yeah. Back out because you are really emotional. <laughs> all righty then. Next question. How do I bid to win in a tight housing market? Yeah, this one, you know, you better have an A-grade agent in this market because if you, there's no going in on a house if you like first of all you got to be totally pre-prepared 
I, I just gave a buyer to Anna Green today, and one of my instructors, and she's one of our sponsors, Relink Real Estate, and Anna's great agent. And this person wasn't pre-approved, nothing, starting from scratch. So she'll probably hook up with you or somebody and get them totally pre-approved so everything's done. They right. know exactly what the monthly payment they want to pay, how much, to, how far, and the price they can go. And then they got to realize if that house is 200 grand and that agent's telling them, listen, we're like the 10th showing, you got to figure, you know, if you're approved for 250 and you're really looking to buy a 200 and you're like the 10th showing, you're probably going to be over, you're going to be bidding over price. But you also got to, you need a sharp agent in this market. There's a lot of agents right now that I think are really struggling because they're not lead generating correctly. They're not getting listings. And then they got all these buyers, but no, not this show. But they won't pick up the phone and call everybody. But that's a topic in itself again. But my advice there, how do you win? You have a really strong agent, and there's little things that they can do, escalation clauses, whatever. Uh, maybe not doing a home inspection and getting warranties. There's little things that you can do, but that's there's the market we're in. We're you know out of four, we're already up to 4,200 homes for sale in the whole city. How many buyers are active? How many buyers you got sitting? Right now, pre-approved. Totally pre-approved. 165. 165. It's even getting worse. It is getting worse. That's 165 families looking for a house. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's tough. And we, I have ways of helping them. I mean, our offers are getting our offers are getting accepted now, um, because people know who Green Tree Mortgage is. They know that we've done their due diligence. And there's a couple other things that I'm doing that you know, if if people call. And want to work with me? I'll be more than happy to let them know exactly what we need to get done. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I give out your number all the time because you need to be ready to go. We got time for one more. We, I believe we do. Yeah. So I want to know um, how oh. to improve how, uh, <laughs> cell phone reception in the house. I actually saw this question right, and this one intrigued me because. I live in a convent, and my convent is made out of concrete. And back in, it was like the late 40s, they built this, the original convent for St. Cecilia's Church in Foxes. And they had some deal with some builder. Because my house has about a foot and a half thick concrete walls. Like every wall. Walls in the bathroom, walls between the bedrooms. Like this is, it was built during the Cold War. So if the bomb went off, you all went to the convent, went in the basement, and you came out, and the rest of the neighborhood was gone, and the convent still be standing there. <laughs> I think, and it was fireproof, dark gray concrete. I'm telling you that this was during, built during the cold, that era. So anyway, like I get great reception in the office, and as I walk into the kitchen, I get great reception. I get great reception in the studio, none in the living room halfway in the kitchen upstairs front bedroom all right middle bedrooms forget it back bedroom florida room yes so what you can do you can buy this antenna right and you hook it to your house outside and then it helps boost the signal all through your house 
which I am going to buy one of these things. Because I cannot, listen, I, like, the students call me so much. Like, you, every once in a while I slip and I, I have my phone unmuted while we're on the air and you hear the phone going off. Well, my phone goes off, like, I don't know, 40, 50 times a day from students. So, uh, having this, be able to sit in the living room and answer a phone call would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but just I said, I could see you sending Evie out there holding this antenna. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, so coming up next, Mark, is our topic of the day. This is the room that makes or breaks the home sale. That was an interesting question. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive all the time. Time, we'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we are up to the topic of the day, and the topic is, this is the room that makes or breaks a home sale. Yeah, most people can guess kind of what room this is, but this is the room that makes or breaks. When shopping for a new home, people get excited about the giant walk-in closets, the building shelving. Others daydream about the private outdoor space, the panoramic views. But what you think sells a home is different from actually what sells a home. The room that tends to make the biggest impact and a tip for home buyers on the way, or tips one home buyer one way or the other, is usually the kitchen. Kitchens and baths are a big deal. From a financial perspective, kitchens generally cost the most to renovate. Buyers know this as they're looking around and they're seeing outdated parquet floors, lime green tile, old-fashioned appliances, cheap cabinets. No matter how much they might love the rest of the house, they see big costs and lengthy renovations and some challenges around usability if they're going to have to renovate this kitchen and during while they're living there. So if you're reading this as a home buyer or you're listening and wondering if homes with an outdated kitchen is worth buying, the answer is maybe ask yourself, can you afford an extra twelve to 30000 average kitchen renovation cost? Can you delay your move-in date to live around the ongoing construction? And like with you, maybe you do a 203K and why all that's going on, the work's being done. There's lots of things that you can do. Uh, go for timeless over trendy avoid putting your own spin on personalization now if you're going to sell should you renovate your kitchen if it's really bad yes because it's going to help you get you're probably going to recoup more on that but you know don't go for every trendy thing avoid putting too much of your own spin or personalization on everything invest in the big ticket items like the top quality appliances the flooring now, in this post-pandemic world, another room that's become very popular amongst buyers and something people in the city, and we've been talking about in apartments and small homes, especially a bonus room. So as an extra bedroom that could be used as an office has become a huge selling point in the work-from-home era, especially with, like, what, we're up to, like, 35 38% of people are working from home now remotely. 
Yep. So having that office, like I love having this office in in the, in the convent. It's like it's perfect for me for working, and you know that could be a if you have a room like that and you set it up as an office and they walk in and look at that and they see this perfect place where they could work every day and and still be able to be around the house that could be a big selling point and the key to selling or renovating your home simple beware of what people want and need right now the modern renovated kitchen dedicated home office space plenty of natural light outdoor views Extra time spent indoors makes it more palatable. You know, you don't want to be stuck in a, a little office with no windows. You know, you turn some big closet into an office. You know, you got to make it feel if you're going to work there. It's interesting, too. I, I've been, the doctor's been doing these series every week on uh, on this uh, adjusting back to the office. And it's like surveys are out there that. It's getting towards 40% of the people would rather work from home. And I read one that I sent him that he could probably going to talk about. They're actually seeing productivity up rather than down because uh, the you know, the CEOs are nervous because they, they're not seeing these people every day. But if, they're, if they have a nice house and they got a great workspace, it turns out that they're they're getting their work done plus they get to spend time with the family they can take a break they can take a walk they can exercise they can do all these other things and then when they get back on on the computer and do their work they knock it out and they're not traveling they're not taking smoke breaks they're not you know they're not doing any of that all all no wasted time because when they're working they're working and they probably close the door and don't want to be interrupted that's the way I do operate from like 6 to about 1 o'clock every day. I go straight through. And I get most of my lead generation done during that period. And then I take a break. And then I usually go upstairs, put a TV on, and I wait for the students to continue to call me. And it might take me like four hours to watch a hour movie. Because <laughs> I pause and take the 500-hour phone call. But I'm taking that $500 phone call. <laughs> but uh, kitchens, kitchens, it used to be kitchens and bathrooms. Now it seems like it's swinging toward kitchens and offices. Offices, yep. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, uh, and don't forget about all the pets, too, because everybody has a pet now. And what about the pets? Well, I mean, when <laughs> just like working from home, you have to have a place for your puppy. Yeah, like, like mine, his place is anywhere she wants to go. She just kicks open the door. It's like, I don't, I don't understand what you meant by that one. All right, like my mind. 70 pound glitter is just going to like knock open a door and come popping in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but your any comments on the kitchen and the office space? No, I just thought you were actually talking about me with my office, that it would be like a great opportunity to sell again. But no, I love, you know, I have an office upstairs and an office downstairs, summer and winter. And I love it. I mean, I, I'd rather, I, I'm not going back to the office. No, I don't think there's no need to go back to the office. And I think working from home is here to stay. I love it. But, you know, it's 
certain job, type of jobs you got to be there. I mean, you can't work on cars and not from your off from home. But right. but there, there's a big percentage of the workforce that it's going to be really interesting on productivity over the next year because there's a bunch of studies being done. And one study I read that I sent to the doctor, he'll probably talk about next week. It was these people are really getting a lot of work done and they get it done at weird times too. Like they'll do some in the morning, some in the afternoon, some late at night. Uh, like there's it's not it's not like they have to be in front of the computer eight to five. Right. But they're, but they're actually being more productive because when they are working, they're very focused. So I know I, I know from my uh, director of operations, I get emails from her like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what are you doing working 11 o'clock at night? Well, I just want to knock this out, you know? And I think there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, so, it's uh, definitely more productive. Yeah, so. I think anyway. Yeah. But it's, but it's, I, I, I mean, I'm sure Dr. A, if he did a survey, would definitely see that people are more productive than working from home. You know, just like even with when we produced the show, you know, the gentleman said, you know, our, the, the producer that we had that was doing the show said, I'd, I could do it at eight o'clock at night. I could do it from home, but we can't do it eight o'clock at night from the actual studio. Right. So, you know, yeah, and, and I miss and, going to the studio, to be honest with you, but, but. You know, you, that's right. It's a lot. You're a lot more flexible. It I gives know, you a you lot keep, more flexibility. You keep saying, you know, you you like going to the studio, but you know that's two hours. So to you know, it's three out or three hours out of the day instead of an hour. No, for me, it's like a little venture. I get. I, I know I get, it is. You I get, get to take the, the train. I, I get you the go train. get something to eat. I like walking through the 33 30 yeah, station. Yeah, we know. Walking across the bridge. All right, all right. Let's get out of here. All right. All right, if you have any questions, you can email Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. a special thanks to our listeners and to our sponsors for keeping us on the air. We are looking for two new sponsors to join the Good News and Real Estate family. So give us a call, and we have a great deal for you. And you can listen this show every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on Talk Radio, the 1210 WPHT. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT. All positive. All, positive, all, all the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.